Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Victoria Police have fortified Melbourne vowing to crack down on anyone trying to illegally leave the city. Officers are aiming to check every vehicle heading to regional Victoria where coronavirus rules were eased overnight. Melbournians who are caught will be fined nearly $5,000 under a new penalty designed to protect the bush. Right now to our reporters. First to Nathan Templeton who's outside Geelong this morning. Nathan, has the checkpoint there been busy? Nat, there's been plenty of traffic here at Little River. We've had around five drivers pulled over to have their paperwork checked. We know at least two of them have been turned around and sent back to Melbourne, but all so far have escaped with warnings, which is lucky for them because the fine is almost $5,000. Now, police declared that they were aiming to check every single vehicle. What we've witnessed here this morning is that that is impossible, not even close. There are thousands of cars and trucks continuing along the freeway on this side, uh, and only a small percentage are actually brought in uh, through the checkpoint here. Um, there are seven permanent checkpoints like this one uh, outside Geelong set up. Uh, there's also a mobile stop on the Mornington Peninsula. Police say they will be able to cover the back roads. They'll be checking uh, buses. They'll be checking regional trains. They've also got uh, number plate uh, red, uh, uh, identification technology. Um, one thing we have noticed this morning here, if you have a look behind me now, there's actually no police or military at the checkpoint. Now, we understand that that is because of OHS safety rules. Uh, officers are not allowed to carry out uh, roadside checks, things like booze buses, uh, when it is raining, obviously because it is more dangerous with vehicles potentially losing control. And so a few times here this morning we have seen officers leaving when this rain uh, does get a little bit heavier. And uh, while we understand why those rules are in place, it must be said it allows thousands of cars to drive through completely unchecked. Matt? Could be a loophole. Okay, let's move on. Nathan Curry is in Melbourne. Nathan, the city's bungled hotel quarantine program is back in the spotlight. Now, there's been some massive bombshells from the Victorian Chief Health Officer at the inquiry into what went wrong in our state. He says he only found out about the overall hotel quarantine plan when the Prime Minister was telling the rest of us and that some return travellers were able to leave their hotels without getting retested. He also says he didn't know who was actually supervising the hotels until after the second wave started weren't even aware that private security were being used in the hotel quarantine program until after the outbreak. That's correct. 
Meanwhile, a submission has shown that the Prime Minister wrote personally to the Premier three times in early July to say that ADF support was on offer if needed, even though the Premier maintains that offer was never there. He's facing the inquiry next Wednesday, so Nat, that'll be a big one. Olivia Leeming is in Canberra as the government considers a new plan to bring Australians stranded overseas home. Olivia, the states are being urged to do more. Yes, the Prime Minister hoping to convince the Premiers to make more hotel quarantine rooms available so that they can then increase this cap on international arrivals into Australia from 4,000 to 6,000 a week. Now, New South Wales, Queensland and WA are each being asked to increase their caps by 500 travellers a week. New South Wales and Queensland seem willing, though WA yet to back this. South Australia has agreed to take an extra 100 people a week and Melbourne Airport, of course remains closed but the PM moving to reassure Australians as uh, quarantine capacity increases across the country that they have learned the lessons from the bungle in Victoria. But we've done the review of quarantine. Uh, we've got ADF people um, in Western Australia and Queensland and New South Wales and other places. So now is the time we've got to start taking those caps off again. And, uh, and so this will see another 2,000 people come back every week. Now, this could fast-track the return of some 27,000 Australians who remain stranded overseas, desperate to come home with these new caps. Uh, the Prime Minister hoping they will be in place from the end of this month, Nat. And Amanda Abate is on the Gold Coast. Uh, there's a little more freedom for some Queenslanders this morning. That's right, Nat. Yes, here on the Gold Coast and also in the Darling Downs region. As of now, gatherings of up to 30 people are allowed again in homes and also outdoors. That's up from 10 people. And visitors are allowed again in hospitals and aged care homes. So very welcome news for the Gold Coast where there have been no uh, new cases of coronavirus for more than a fortnight now. We are still waiting to hear what the state government will do about the borders. That It is considering uh, changing the criteria to open to New South Wales from 28 days of no community community transmission to 14 days but Nat we're told don't expect a decision until the end of the month. Right thanks very much everyone. An alarming new study suggests that up to seven times more people could have been exposed to COVID-19 in Australia than previously thought. Australian National University researchers have developed a test which can detect historic cases and determine people who may have come into contact with the virus. They screened 3,000 blood samples from healthy Aussies taken in June and July to look for antibodies to the virus and found eight were likely to have been previously infected. Now that's around one in 350 people. And joining us now is Professor Elizabeth Gardner, who co-led this research. Elizabeth, good morning. Welcome. How many people good do morning, you Sam. think have been exposed to the virus without actually knowing it? Yeah, so it was a small uh, sample size of about 3,000 uh, elective surgery patients, actually. So we admit it's a small size, but um, just the prevalence that we found with our new sensitive assay, our test, um, suggests that uh, we've underestimated the uh, prevalence of the virus in the community. We always knew that. We always knew that there were cases going undetected and this um, clearly gives frames up um, exactly to what extent we'd underestimated the prevalence of the virus. Wow. OK, this is fascinating. The blood samples yeah. were taken from elective surgery patients, so, so patients who were in yeah. hospital for other mm -hmm. things having elective surgery. Um, is it worth doing this study again mm -hmm. in other groups of people? Yes, most definitely. So, yeah, we'd look to... Um, so this was a nationwide study. We took samples from people at, uh, across 
WA, South Australia, Victoria and New South Wales, but we'd like to um, yeah, extend the study, look into other age groups, um, other you know um, uh, types of people who are not having surgery, that would be ideal, yes. Yeah. Okay. Professor Elizabeth Gardner, it's fascinating. Thank you for your time today. Now, the economic damage of COVID-19 has been catastrophic for the retail industry. Hundreds of Aussie businesses have been forced to close their doors, with some major retailers on the brink of collapse and thousands of jobs at stake. Big brands which have been impacted this year include Collette, which has shut 103 stores, Bardot closed 58, G-Star shut uh, all 57 of its stores in Australia. Jeans West was forced to close 37 shops. And last month, Mosaic Brands, which includes Rivers, Millers, Katie's, Noni B and Crossroads, announced plans to close up to 500 stores within two years. Yeah, it's huge. For more, we're joined by QUT's retail expert, Professor Gary Mortimer, and Chief Executive of the Retail Doctor Group, Brian Walker. Gents, appreciate your time. Gary, first you been a disastrous year for many businesses. Is there light at the end of the tunnel or do you reckon the worst is yet to come? Uh, morning, Koshi. Listen, unfortunately, I think the worst is yet to come. If you think about it, there's a lot of cash in the economy currently. We've got job seekers receiving uh, a COVID supplement. That's 550 a fortnight. That's going to start to wind back from this month and then wind back even further at the end of December. We've got workers stood down receiving JobKeeper and we've got businesses that have negotiated rent-free periods or rent reductions. Now, all of that's going to come to an end at some point. I think when it does, we'll start to see some very challenging uh, trading times. Brian, what's going on here? Because everybody I know is shopping like crazy. People are still shopping online, um, but stores are closing. Yeah, hi Sam. It's really interesting, isn't it? We've seen this transformation. The big accelerant is COVID, as everyone knows, and as Gary talks about. Uh, but what we are seeing is a significant growth in online. Online numbers have doubled in the COVID period. Uh, we're spending an average of four hours a day on our smartphones, researching, looking at our retail purchases. And there are retailers who have performed particularly well in this period mm. that are home-based retailers, the Jerry Harveys, the JB Hi-Fi's of this world. So it's a tale of two camps. I do agree uh, with Gary's comment that once the government assistance starts to slow down, we have to see what the landscape looks like. It has changed, growth in online. However, we are habitual by nature, we're instinctively social, and as a consequence, you'll see mm. people coming back into shops in greater numbers. Oh, Gary, Once we get through Gary, this pandemic. Gary, is that right? Or have we, have, as customers, changed our hab habits forever? For example, before this, I thought QR codes were a waste of time. Now I think they're the greatest thing ever. Uh, buying online, so many Australians have been educated into how easy it is. Well, well, online shopping certainly grown, and Brian's right, it's, it's growing substantially. I think I looked at the last numbers recently and we've seen uh, you know, Aussies spending uh, in the 12 months to June 30, about 35 billion. So that's about 12% of physical retail sales. Uh, the challenge, of course, with online, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Uh, for retailers, it's certainly more che it's cheaper to have your customers come to you and select their own goods, scan their own purchases and take them away. Uh, it becomes more costly for retailers to facilitate a, a digital channel. So I think what's mm -hmm. we're seeing now is retailers balancing that physical and digital environment. And then, of course, how do you facilitate those returns and exchanges in an online environment? Mm -hmm. Brian, just really quickly, because we're out of time, but what's the sure. it's hard to pick the trend here. Some of the cheap shops fold. Uh, so are we pushing to what, but we used to love them, but then you still like a bargain. We like fast fashion. So what's surviving here? Is it quality or is it price? <laughs> 
It's positioned in the marketplace, strongly differentiated. We talk about omni-channel retailing, having great physical retail, less of it, more experience in the retail stores, supplemented with a good online offer. And we see in all the sectors winners and losers in this period. I would say one quick thing. This change was occurring pre-COVID. This, as I've touched on, is the big accelerant. Yeah. We're an overshopped country, yeah. and now we're seeing this adaptation. Jen's great to catch up. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Koshi. Thank Thanks. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Overnight, regional Victorians moved to step three of the government's so-called roadmap to recovery. It means there will be no restrictions on leaving the house or how far people can go from home. However, anyone attempting to travel from Melbourne to the regions without a valid reason will be turned around and slapped with a massive $5,000 fine. Joining us now is Ballarat Mayor Ben Taylor. Ben, good morning to you. Now, Premier Daniel Andrews says Victorians need to jealously guard regional Victoria low COVID numbers. Are you worried Melbourne residents uh, will have a mass exodus and head for the regions? Good morning, Sam. Um, it is a concern of people coming from Melbourne to regional Victoria, uh, but I know first and foremost is we've got to do the right thing, and that's something that I've been saying to the city of Ballarat for a long time and, and the residents here. And I just ask Melbourne people at the moment, um, it is difficult, it is challenging, but just to follow those restrictions to make sure they're safe, to keep the numbers down. But now regional Victoria, especially here in Ballarat, and, and I'm here in Bunnyong at the Shared Table restaurant, is that we've had zero active cases here in Ballarat for the last week. Uh, and I know the community's really embraced that uh, to do the right thing to wear the mask, social distance and now the opportunity is for the city to be able to get out, uh, go to restaurants indoor and then also outdoor uh, and enjoy what Ballarat has to offer. I'm so pleased for regional Victorians, it is hard on Melburnians. Are you in the region supportive of uh, a $5,000 fine? Do you think that's enough of a deterrent to stop people from coming? I hope it is, but first and foremost, I just hope people do the right thing. Uh, it's been very clear by the Premier and the Chief Health Officer to do the right thing, and that's why those fines have been put in place. It's not really good and it's not fair to, to break that law uh, to put other people's safety at risk. So I really encourage people in Melbourne, as hard as it is, just be patient. Uh, right now, Regional Victoria has been doing it really tough for a long period of time, uh, and here's an opportunity for businesses to start to get back to some sort of normal, uh, to try and get back on their feet, because it has been a big challenge. 
challenge. Mm. Uh, and I know here in Ballarat in May our figures were around 6,000 job losses. Uh, we doubled in the unemployment rate here. So now's an opportunity uh, to start to reopen and especially for our hospitality sector it has been really hard. Okay, well that's my next question. You're in Bunanyong in a cafe, great area. Um, and today cafes and restaurants can open predominantly outdoor dining areas. Um, how, how many businesses can survive from here? Is the damage done or can the people of regional Victoria pick up and, and survive? Yeah, it's been really tough. Uh, the first lot of restrictions were really hard. We knew we had to do it. The second lot as well, we knew we had to do it and it was a real challenge for a lot of businesses. Uh, one thing from a council point of view is we want to make sure they can open up and have that flexibility, especially for more dining outside. Uh, so we're working really well with every single uh, business out there and we encourage them to make the phone call so we can open up those opportunities for more tables and chairs where available uh, because we want to make sure it is viable for businesses to do that. Okay, Ben Taylor, we wish you all the best. We really do. Thanks for your time today. Not a problem. Thanks, Sam.